And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created are exploited, we are downtrodden, we are denied not only civil rights but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, You've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. We'll get together, have a few laughs. We discovered soon after I entered office that with the specter of an atomic war looming like Armageddon, far nearer than it does today, the United States government actually did carry out on our citizens experiments involving radiation. Uh, that's when I ordered the creation of this committee. Uh, Dr. Faden and the others uh, did a superb job. They enlisted the, many of our nation's most significant and important medical and scientific ethicists. They had to determine first whether experiments conducted or sponsored by our government between 1944 and 1974 met the ethical and scientific standards of that time and of our time. And then they had to see to it that our research today lives up to nothing less than our highest values and our most deeply held beliefs. From the beginning, it was obvious to me that this energetic committee was prepared to do its part. We declassified thousands of pages of documents. We gave committee members the keys to the government's doors, file cabinets, and safes. For the last year and a half, the only thing that stood between them and the truth were all the late nights and hard work they had to put in. This report I received today is a monumental document in more ways than one. But it is a very, very important piece of America's history and it will shape America's future in ways that will make us a more honorable, more successful, and more ethical country. Welcome to the Iowa Talk, guys. My name is Theo. I'm TP. And I'm Iraq. And you just listened to a clip of Bill Clinton, the old comeback kid himself, apologizing for human radiation experiments conducted by the government on unwitting citizens during the Cold War between 1944 and 1974. A lot of people on the internet, though, think that he's actually apologizing for MKUltra which is incorrect. He was actually apologizing for radiation experiments. Yes. Which and for 30 years. Yeah. Which did happen. Worth. Yeah. What was it, like cancer solving? Or giving cancer. Yeah. There Speculation. Was like, well, no, there was stuff like um, Projects or Operation Sea Spray, I think it was called. I, I name it later on. Where they... Uh, San Francisco is famous for its fogs coming in off the bay, right? Sure. So they're like, let's test how well spread this bacteria goes. Got a bunch of people sick? 
Yeah. From the sea spray? It, well, it was supposed to be harmless. That's interesting. Yeah, anyways. But uh, all about peace and love out there. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> so the Clinton administration, that, was a, that video was from October 3rd, 1995. Then uh, the Clinton administration investigated and apologized in 1995 for extremely unethical human experiments that were conducted on unwitting U.S. citizens by their own government. Though this was not the first time our government was caught conducting human experiments on its own citizens. And today we're talking to you about MKUltra. We've been waiting for this one for a long time. This, we've been talking about this. I'm st- freaking stoked, dude. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big one, folks. Especially to our loyal listeners that have never heard of this. Right. My goodness. Or This is freaky. Even if you have heard of it, uh, I've done of a course. pretty deep dive into this tp went deeper i always go deep baby it's like a book report yeah yeah but you know your teacher would give you an f because they didn't like the content yeah Yeah, i'll give you an a it wasn't confirmed (laughs) okay no no actually in this case it was confirmed and that's the sick and scary part about it but well our government would never do that to us now right yeah dude that's the important fact of course how unethical but they care so much. We beat the Nazis. Well, let's get into this. So, New York Times journalist Who? Seymour Hirsch. Who? I've heard oh. of this guy before. I think Iraq, you are absent. <laughs> Who's Seymour Hirsch? Seymour Hirsch. He uh, worked for the <laughs> New York he Times. More of? He has seen more, more than you. Me Lai Massacre, we established a couple episodes ago. He's the one that just broke the... Nord Stream, America behind Nord ah, Stream, okay. U.S. Yes, Navy. Yes, 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 yes. You know who he is. So he published a story, and this was right around the same time of the Mailing Massacre, right? And me, me Lai. Me lie. Why do I keep saying that? Because you're ignorant. Stupid. <laughs> he published a story... In the New York Times, when he was just a journalist for them, how the CIA conducted non-consensual drug experiments and illegal spying operations on U.S. citizens. No. Yeah. Just no. Oh, yeah. They would never do that. Well. And even if they did, it would be for everybody's own good. It would be to make America stronger and better. Duh. Yo, you'll get into, we'll get into the, you know, some patriotic (laughs) reasonings as to why they did this stuff, okay? In their mind, I guess, whatever. But his report started a lengthy process of bringing long-suppressed, disturbing details about MKUltra to light. So it had been conspiracy for years. The disturbing details. Yeah. Yeah. Very disturbing. Like dudes jumping out of his story one day. Mm. There's more disturbing ones than just that. We'll yeah. get into And him. disturbing people. Right. So, like Whitey Bulger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We get into that. Just, just listen. Hold your, I, oh, I hold your I'm horses. Just, I'm going back to past episodes, man. We, yeah, we, we got, cr- we got street cred here. We, that's true. So, President Ford, in the wake of Watergate scandal and amid growing distrust in the U.S. government, which is weird, <laughs> them you know, Republicans post, especially post Vietnam War, <laughs> he set up the uh, United States President's Commission on CIA activities within the United States to investigate illegal CIA activities including Project MKUltra and other experiments on unsuspecting citizens. It was led by his vice president, Nelson Rockefeller. Ooh. Just, Where have I heard that name before? But, 
Yeah. So he started up the Rockefeller Commission. And then a Democrat senator from Idaho, Frank Church, I'm sure people have heard this name before, the Church Committee. Uh, they were investigating the abuses of the CIA. And there's footage of this on, on YouTube. You can go watch some of this, some of the stuff. They're investigating the CIA, FBI, and other U.S. intelligence agencies during and after the resignation of President Nixon. So we've all seen Forrest Gump. Yeah, sir, you might want to send a maintenance man over to that office across the way. The lights are off and they must be looking for a fuse box or something because in flashlights, they're keeping me awake. Well, I'm not a crook. <laughs> when the president doesn't... It's not a criminal. Well, by virtue oh. of the president doing it's not it, it's illegal. not illegal. Yeah. Well, when the president does it, that means that it is not illegal. Crazy. So I, I just have drugs and women of the night around. The Why not? It's not illegal when I don't. <laughs> Ask Roman emperors. Exactly. Anyways, so this, uh, this Rockefeller Commission and this uh, church committee started investigating the stuff. The Rockefeller Church? No. That's scary. <laughs> Rockefeller Commission <clears throat> and Church Committee. And it's pretty disturbing. It's an utterly unbelievable but true story involving Nazis, mind control, torture of POWs, using hookers to lure in unwitting Johns for undisclosed testing. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Narcotics agents who slipped drugs into drinks and the air. The hippie counterculture, Charles Manson, and... A U.S. Marshal who held up a San Francisco bar not knowing he was high on acid. Yeah. So, uh, join us on this uh, little trip we take in MK Ultra. Where, guess what? You're going to hear some more similar, similar names like Seymour Hirsch. Cy Hirsch? Yeah, we did Operation Paperclip. Go listen to those before you listen to this. And uh, you'll recognize... Chuck a luck. Some, some <laughs> you'll recognize some names. That's that's an insight. You got it. You got yeah, to go watch. You got to or listen. I should say. Got to listen. What? Was Bill Cosby involved? What kind of grandfather am I? I made delicious new fat-free Jello pudding and invited the grandkids over to try some. <laughs> With the uh, narcotics agents slipping drugs. <laughs> he drinks. puts the drugs in the pudding. <laughs> that's how you guys do it. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. start the conspiracy. Oh, go ahead, man. Put it up on here first. Start it in Reddit. All right. What was MKUltra, Theo? Hmm? MKUltra was officially sanctioned by the Central Intelligence Agency on April 13, 1953. A little side note. You know, the number 13, it's considered, considered unlucky, mystical, magical. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Bible refers to the number 13 all, all the time. Um, you know, rebellion against constituted authority. Yeah, in, hmm. it, that's what it's used as in the Bible. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. Hmm. It's no big deal. Yeah, right. All right, MK Ultra. MK Ultra also operated under the cryptonyms MK Naomi and MK Delta. The MK indicated that the project was sponsored by the technical services staff of the CIA, and the quote Ultra was a nod to the code name that had been used for classified documents during World War II. Yeah. Oh, classified. Second World War. Okay. Okay. I always heard that MK stood for, it was like German for mind control, which is untrue once again, folks. Mind control. I don't know. I don't know. So, hey, 
I, I, I believe I said it on a show before, and uh, now we're correcting ourselves because once I did this deep dive, turns out. Boom. You were wrong. I've been saying it wrong for years. You are now wise, though, young grasshopper. Well, that's what we're here doing, though, right? That's what is. is I want to bring you information that you've never heard. Where's your source? Snopes? <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia, dude. Speaking of the hooker yeah. guy. Mm. The hooker guy. Wasn't his wife a hooker? A past the guy lady that ran. of the night? He left his wife for a hooker. Oh, the Snopes. Snopes yeah. Anyways, we're not <clears throat> talking about him. Anyway. MK Ultra was a top secret mind control and chemical interrogation project in which the CIA conducted hundreds of clandestine experiments, mostly on unwitting U.S. citizens, to assess the potential use of LSD and other drugs for mind control, information gathering, and psychological torture. Now, it is interesting, a connection that we've made. I, I feel this is a good time to... Um, Add is carryover from Operation Paperclip. LSD was invented in like Sweden or something like that, right? We, we, we yeah, we get into that. Okay, yeah. and the association between Richard Kuhn and yeah, Chuckaluck. Chuckaluck. We're we gonna get, get into that. We get into Perfect. that. Yeah, but if you remember from Operation Paperclip, some names are gonna come up here yeah, soon that you're gonna remember. Yeah, or should. Yeah. Many civilian scientists, military personnel, and government workers violated all known codes of ethics and the law. In the MK Ultra experiments. Imagine that. Yeah. Weird. Totally against the uh, Nuremberg Act. Code. Nuremberg Code. Sorry to brain fart. Code, rules, laws, whatever. That, that our government was a part of setting up. So they don't mean anything, obviously. Right, apparently. So, yeah, these were. these, And that's just the crazy thing. The real sick part is these experiments were officially only conducted in the U.S. and Canada across 80 universities, institutions, hospitals, and incarceration facilities. Incarcer like Alcatraz. So the yeah. FDA didn't sign off on this? <laughs> well, they were probably not made aware. Maybe somebody was. You'll find out. That, I mean, the, the CIA set up um, institutions that gave grants to universities to these hospitals. And we'll get into those experiments. And they're sick. I mean... Uh, there's like, it, you know, these were officially the undesirables of America and Canada. Oh, oh. you know what I mean? Some of these, these people that are doing experiments on. Well, yeah. So they would use universities and they would, could use like companies as well. Right. And then also and but like with a, some public, a private public partnership to screw people, the CIA this way, but the CIA doesn't get the, well, we weren't doing anything. Well, in the universities, it was this company doing because in the universities they set yeah, up or this university. Well, th this was voluntary. They knew what they were doing. They had to have a control group of people. You know, you're taking LSD. Let's see what happens. And then the other groups of, we don't know what we're taking. We don't know we're high on acid. What are we doing? Right? Freaking they out. I mix bet. it up. Right? Freaking out. Find is, out. I, I bet mean, what they're doing. It gets crazy. I'm sure yeah. they were freaking out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have never done LSD. But I've never. No. Sounds intense. But according to documents and the, our, the government, the U.S. government, and the CIA allegedly Project MK Ultra only lasted from 1953 until 1964, and details of the illicit program didn't become public until 1975. So Seymour Hirsch busted it, and with eyewitness stuff, people coming forward, and he had some evidence because the, somebody somebody ordered all documentation on all projects to be destroyed. But 
somebody <clears throat> yeah a gentleman we'll get into later on here he wrote a book on it this was one of the sources i used for the for the uh show he was like oh i remember seeing some financial documents stuffed away somewhere about something about this pulled it out seymour hirsch was like okay i've been having people coming to me talking to me about this and then they had a paper trail we'll get into it we'll get into it yeah they allegedly only lasted till 64 and but my guess is that people that were willing to do the things that we're about to get into would most certainly lie about when it ended oh absolutely dude you know i mean people that actually found the value in the research and whatnot they would these were yeah probably continue dude we'll get in we're getting into it bud the rockefeller commission and church committee investigations into widespread illegal cia activities within the united states and around the world they were investigating that in 75 right and it became publicly known and the cia conducted the project with the utmost secrecy even giving it multiple code names and project names when the conspiracy theory finally became a reality in 74 Cindy Gottlieb was the one who ordered all of the files to be destroyed. Destroyed. That is all but a small misfiled cache accidentally left intact. No evidence. No evidence because uh, they were having investigators getting hot on it. And the directors of the CIA had changed from Alan Dulles to, I, I can't remember the other gentleman's name. We get into his name later. But, but what kind of reporter are you? Well, yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I'm not a reporter. I'm just a guy in a shack. I'm messing with you, yeah. So... It all started in the 1950s and 60s at the height of the Cold War. The United States government feared that Soviet, Chinese, and North Korean agents were using mind control, control to brainwash U.S. prisoners of war in Korea and other, and other countries, right? Yeah, there were reports of uh, Stockholm Syndrome in a pretty bad way with a lot of POWs, right? They were treated pretty well and kind of subtly, psychologically messed with, convinced that the Koreans were the good guys and stuff in, in certain situations uh and well a lot of other things happened right no i'm not i'm just saying in certain situations not not yeah i know i'm sure that they did a pretty bad job of taking care of pow's <laughs> certain places yeah well reports from world war ii and during the korean war suggested that the north koreans and the soviets uh had developed mind control capabilities and i got this official statement off the cia website on mk ultra march 1984 is when they made the statement because of events in the 1940s and early 1950s including operational reports and soviet show trials involving cardinal Manzenti. 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 that's know. how you pronounce it Manzenti. that's how i would do it Mangenti and others, the Soviet Union was believed to have developed the capability to affect human behavior through the use of drugs. Why not? And to obtain information on the use of chemical and biological substances and methods to counter the use of behavioral influencing drugs, the agency conducted an, quote, umbrella project, unquote, under which various sub-projects were funded. These umbrella project are this umbrella project, which was called MK Ultra, continued from 1953 through 1964. There was an absolute mad dash everywhere to make sure that the Soviets didn't beat us at anything, right? Well, yeah, including the space race and all this other nonsense. And the lengths that the communist regime in charge of the Soviet Union and China as well during, though a lesser period of time, but they were willing to go 
pretty far with people, well, right? As far as experimentation and... There was some pretty suck, sick stuff. Uh, I sent you guys a podcast one time. Yeah. Yeah, that was gross. We're going we're gonna, to... And we're going to get into that because who is this Cardinal Menginti, right? Cardinal Yosef Menginti. I got... Not Menginti. How do you say it? How would you say it? I would say Menginti. Menginti. Yeah, he was a Catholic priest in Hungary who was persecuted and imprisoned by both the Nazis and the Soviets. Ooh. Yeah, he was a hardcore rebel. Must have been a nice guy if they are a really good guy, if both of them well, didn't like him. Yeah, by the time the Soviets got a hold of him, they charged him with more than 40 crimes and sent him to the notorious secret police headquarters at 60 Andreas Street in Budapest. What's that, 40 crimes? S- yeah, well, 40 I would, crimes. I would imagine that all 40 of them were bullshit. Oh, yeah, they were. They were ridiculous stuff. Like, Just bullshit. Did he get traded for a female basketball player? <laughs> no, where, unfortunately for him, he where didn't. Where has hungry. the sick humor been the past couple episodes, baby? Yeah, man. Give me a high five on that one. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> they, uh, they, the Cardinal was interrogated relentlessly for 39 consecutive day and nights. Days and nights. Oh. I'm sure by drug-inducing in, uh, and then most likely beatings and then all, you know. Hey, TP, you've pulled a 48-hour shift before, haven't you? Yeah. Longer? Uh, about 48. 48 hours? You almost was that, die. That's about your, that's your longest? I haven't done that. Flat out, I have not done that. Been awake for like 48 hours straight? Yeah. Yeah. What does that start doing to you? Oh, you like start hallucinating and stuff. Yeah. I started. Like, I need to go to sleep, dude. I started doing that at 24. That's why I like can't make it to 48. <clears throat> it's crazy. So yeah, that I mean, obviously they had to let him sleep, otherwise he would have died. But well, sure. I mean, they're still letting him sleep. They didn't say he said just let them awake. Get a little tied up cat nap. Sleep for like two or three hours, and we'll wake up and beat you again. Here, we're gonna tie you on this pole hanging from it, and you uh, give you an opportunity to sleep for a little bit. Yeah, then we'll give you this coffee to keep you awake. Just then, kidding. It's an injection. <laughs> And then just uh, you will fall asleep because you're so tired. Right. So they tortured and apparently brainwashed the Cardinal with the most diabolical torture and mind-altering tactics that the communists had been perfecting for years. This is how they, how the Dulles brothers pitched this to the president, to Eisenhower. That's like, we need to get into their stuff, man. So during the day, he was deprived of sleep and drugs were put into his food to break his will. Twice each night for 29 days, he was beaten until unconscious with a rubber trenching all over his naked body. After his mind and body had been broken, the carnal underwent what was later called a, quote, show trial, just like you just I just read to you in this official CIA document. We were duped into getting into MK Ultra by the show trial, yeah, because mm-hmm. we're, so, we're the Central Intelligence Agency. Leading, cutting edge. Right. He confessed in the show trial against all the charges against him and was sentenced to life imprisonment, in which he later recanted his uh, entire forced confession. So he confessed to stuff like uh, crucifying Christ <laughs> and like, <laughs> like impregnating his mother, like all the like it was ridiculous. It's almost like, uh, you know, 39 day torture session can break a man's will or something. Yeah. So <laughs> there just so happened to be. <laughs> Were those guys laughing while they were doing this? Like, let's see if we can get them I'm to sure say this. I'm sure these sick this. fucking Dude, animals the were. the sadists that would go in and do that, that had no problem with like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, let's, <clears throat> we got to get our Russian accent. Yuri, get in here and help me beat this naked dude. 
I watched I watched a mob documentary one time. Russia. And this cop, he made a really, really interesting like claim talking. It's it's on YouTube. I can't remember exactly which guy it was about. I just love tackling dudes. Or maybe he was just talking about psychopaths in the mob. But he's like, these are the type of people that get more thrill out of killing a man than making love to a woman. Yeah. And think about that. It's. It, <laughs> I mean, it happened. Not trying to be graphic and objectify women whatsoever, but. So guess you know, it, it can relate to the males listening because, like, <laughs> well, guess what? Guess what? When uh, Hitler, when the Nazi Party came up with the SA, the brown shirts, right? Yeah. yeah. Guess the, what? They attracted all these sadists that got off on beating people to death in the street and doing fucked up shit. And then there's a little known fact. We should do a show on that because there's, you know, what happened to the SA? What happened to the brown shirts after the? After the Nazi party took over and the SS was uh, up and going. Well, we've already established that potentially thousands of them got jobs in the United States. Oh, not the brown shirts. No. No, no the no. actual SA guys. No, yeah, there were guys. No, the that- SS. The SA, they were like, oh, now we're in control. And they lined them up and shot them. No, that's what I'm saying. No, SA guys came to the U.S., bro. SS. SA and SS. Okay, the leaders. I'm talking about the bottom guys. Yeah, but you're the talking about yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah, I'm talking about the oh, actual sure the sadists it. that went out and were beating people in the street. As soon as the SS took over, they put them in the trenches and shot them next to the Jews. Oh, right. really? You guys are too much of a liability. Goodbye. Oh, um, it's like um, the useful idiots during the yeah. during the communist revolution. Right? Yes. You gotta have some suckers to. It they're keep, not. They're not going to like it afterwards. They're going to hate it. They're going to be the first ones to turn on us. Yeah, exactly. So we're so, going to use them. Get the wheels turning organized. here. Mm-hmm. We're going to punch through this wall, and then as soon as we punch through this wall, we're going to line these useful idiots up on the wall and shoot them. Yes, it has happened throughout history. It will happen again. Anyways, if you want to learn more about that uh, that cardinal and the show trial and the and the sick things that the Soviet Union was doing, go listen to uh, episode nineteen. The Anti-Humans by the Martyr Maid podcast. I know he's on Spotify. I'm not sure about other things, but it's like a three-hour podcast. And just um, caution, beware. It's pretty disturbing. No affiliation. Yeah, no affiliation. Just giving him a shout-out because uh, it's, it's, it's stuff history. Stuff that people stuff need to hear about. Yeah, this, and this stuff it's, is capable. People, human beings are capable of this. And you this, are going to meet people that are capable of this. Yeah. So... In the beginning, and this I found interesting, so this just recently happened in our day and age, about 10 years ago. It says, information is, the beginning in 1917 and continuing until 2003, the Soviets poured up to $1 billion in developing mind-controlling weaponry to, their excuse was to compete with similar programs undertaken in the United States and Britain. So think about that. 1917 was the communist revolution. It was the Bolshevik revolution. Yes. So as soon as they took over, they were like, how do we break people's wills? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and allegedly that, and they admit that lasts until 2003. 2003. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and that came out, and, and of course, their, their their official story as well is, oh, we were doing it because the United States was doing yeah. it. Yeah. Interesting. That's why they love each other. Yeah, right. So anyways, while much of it still remains classified, we can now confirm that the Soviets used methods to manipulate test subjects' brains. Uh, there's a paper by a man named Sergei Kernbach, 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 at the Research Center of Advanced Robotics and Environmental Science in Stuttgart, Germany. Stuttgart. 
the the paper details the Soviet Union's extensive experiments called psychotronics. Quote that unquote. Like a cool band name, right? <laughs> we should start it. The paper is based on the Russian technical journals and documents declassified in 2013. So it turns out, I mean, interesting how yeah, both these countries were doing this and they blamed each other because they were doing it, right? Yeah, that's why they love each other. I'm telling you. This is before TikTok. Right. But uh, you know, the CIA, they so at that time so this is let's get into the history and the real like people behind the CIA and why they all thought that they didn't have to abide by moral ethic codes of any country the cia was created when congress passed the national security act which formally took effect in september of 1947 replaced the what but yeah it was staffed by former agents from the office of strategic services the oss OSS. that was the world war ii cia yes what does oss sound familiar oh yeah operation paperclip they were the ones that brought all these nazi scientists over to america not not all of them not all of them a ton of projects but yeah they were competing with all these other we got to get got to get these guys yeah and they did (laughs) okay so in the summer of uh, 1949 the cia's head of scientific intelligence made a special trip to western europe to find out more about what the Soviets were doing and to, quote, apply special methods of interrogation for the purpose of evaluation of Russian practices. I wonder if any Nazi scientists between the Soviet Union and the Western powers were uh, secretly communicating with each other. Possibility. Just a possibility. I don't know, man. But uh, they believe that the communists might have used drugs and hypnosis on prisoners, right? Imagine that. So they... Like we talked about, so the senior CIA official used these same exact tactics on refugees and return prisoners from Eastern Europe. These guys are sick. We got to figure out what they're doing by doing it. It's the American way. Find us some vulnerable ones without families. Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I never looked into that angle, but I wonder if they went on any uh, Native American reservations. We would never know. <laughs> right. No, seriously, of course. We- it, 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 it seems perfectly plausible to me that they would. Why wouldn't they? You guys like mescaline? Try this LSD. Yeah. Hey, here's <laughs> you like peyote. Yeah. It, man, the the Indian nations have been treated like shit for a yeah. long time. We should get some people on the podcast, interview some people, and talk about that. Anyways, on returning to the United States, the official recommended two courses of action. Number one, the agency considered setting up an escape operation to free Mengenti. Mengenti. Operation Get him. I don't know. That's not what it was called. But number two, the CIA has to train and send a European team skilled in special interrogation methods of the same type that he had tried out in Europe. You mean send a team to Europe? Yeah. And use the same tactics that he did. These were the two courses of action. We need to get more men trained up over here and figure out how to get this, right? Get how, Figure out how they did this to this guy so we can do it to people. Too. Yes. I mean, or so we can we counter it. Save this guy. Yeah. So by the spring of 19... Hey what, did, hey, what did they do to you? Tell us what they did to you. Can you tell us? 
well they hired like hypnosis hypnotists and psychics and all this stuff dude like they started employing tons of people from all over the world right edgar casey and stuff dudes yeah by the spring of 1950 several other uh, cia branches were contemplating the operational use of hypnosis the office of security whose main objective was to protect cia personnel and other decided uh, to centralize all activity on hypnosis and other behavioral fields so like this is the best way to protect the homeland is to hypnotize people all right let's see if we can make them puppets let's do it let's go so the security chief sheffield edwards a former army colonel who a decade later would personally handle joint cia mafia operations worked with the mob it's weird took the initiative by calling a meeting of all interested agency parties and proposing that interrogation teams be formed under security command. And this, these teams would check out agents and defectors for the whole CIA. That's the best way to protect the homeland is making sure we don't have any moles in the fucking agency, man. Right. <clears throat> Get all these moles out. Yeah. So each team had to consist of a psychiatrist, polygraph, an expert trained in hypnosis and a technician, whatever that meant. I guess that meant just a dude to clean it up. <laughs> oh, you need me to bash his brains in? Cool. Make sure there's a tarp down. Well, that's his part of his job, too. Right? Or he's the guy that beats him. That's what I'm getting at. While the psychiatrist like, how do you feel now? <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. Yeah. How? How did... <laughs> How did that make you feel? How did his punch to your liver feel? Yeah. Did it remind you of anything no, no, that no. happened to you? I don't want to know about <laughs> how it feels to your body. Yes. I, I want, want to know about how it feels to your emotions. Yes. Right. Exactly. So this dude, Edwards, agreed not to use the teams operationally without the permission of high-level committee, of a high-level committee. And he called it Project Bluebird, a code name which, like all agency names, allegedly has no significance except to perhaps the person who chose it. So he classified it top secret and stressed the extraordinary need for secrecy. Because, yeah, they're torturing people and injecting them with stuff and hypnotizing them and probably doing other terrible things to them. Since it's for people's own good, it is in their best interest that we keep this out of their sight. Right. And ears. I mean, we just beat Hitler. We no. can't look bad. No. We got to make these Soviet pigs look bad. We're the heroes. It's all for to keep them safe. Right. We defeated the Japanese and the freaking Germans. The Ruskies ain't going to be nothing. Anyways, on April 20th, 1950, Project Bluebird. Yeah, 420. Supposedly Hitler's birthday too, right? Project Supposedly. Bluebird was officially approved by Rear Admiral Roscow H. Helen Cotta, who was the director of the CIA May 1st, 1947 through October 7th, 1950. And he had been given authorization to use unvouchered funds, quote unquote, to pay for its most sensitive experiments. So, just like so they just dark, had dark funds. Yeah. Just, oh, you don't know how much it's going to cost, and th but this is to save America. Well, here's a briefcase full of cash. If you need another one, just come back. No questions asked. These are unvouchered. <laughs> Got him in some drug busts. Right. AKA drug selling. Yeah. We busted the drug dealers and we turn around and sold their coke, made twice as much, but yeah. we can't report those numbers. <laughs> so three months after the director approved Project Bluebird, 
the first team traveled to Japan to try out behavioral techniques on human subjects. A three-man team arrived in Tokyo in July 1950. One month after the deep start of the Korean War. Right. The secret office ordered them to conceal their true purpose from even the U.S. military authorities with whom they worked with in Japan, using the cover that they would be performing intensive polygraph work. Oh, we got this really cool new technique when we hook this guy up. They can't tell a lie. But you guys can't know anything about it. Just piss off. It's top secret. You don't have the clearance. In stifling, debilitating heat and humidity, they tried out combinations of the depressant sodium amytal with the stimulant benzedrine on each of four subjects, the last two of whom also received a second stimulant, picrotoxin. The team considered the test successful, but apparently the CIA documents available from the group gave only a brief outline of what happened. Right. You, you know, yeah. Allegedly. Can't tell everything. Let's just make it brief. <laughs> right. Brief it up a little bit. The just leave the dirty details techni- out. Techniques worked moving forward with other techniques on other individuals. Just leave the part about the guy shitting yeah. himself to death out or uh-huh. whatever. Well, no, they didn't shit know. himself to death, know. but they, I don't know. the four Japanese men confessed to working with the Russians, oh. and then they were transported out to Tokyo Bay, shot in the head, dumped in the bay. Nice. Yeah. Classy American Just, style. And I'm, well, and classy I'm, secret American style. Right. So, uh, yeah, those, those techniques worked out so well. Apparently, around October 1950, the Bluebird team used advanced techniques on 25 subjects, apparently all North Korean POWs. All right. Perfect. This is the reason that your leader told us to be scared of us. And then they would do whatever to him, right? Mm-hmm. That'd be some psychological while they're injecting him with shit, <laughs> beating the shit out of him. Yeah. I'm sure, and I've read some things, can't confirm, but yeah, I'm sure there was uh, some sexual stuff going on too, dude. You know what I mean? Any way to break a man, a person's will. Well, in the anti-human podcast, he talks about that. You know, it's pretty disturbing. Anyways, moving on here. All right. So the Bluebird Mind Control Program began. This is very important. When Stalin was still alive, right? When the memory of Hitler was still fresh in people's minds. And the terrifying prospect of global nuclear war was just sinking into the American population consciousness. You mean like the game Thermo? What is? What was it? Global Thermonuclear War? War Games? Matthew Broderick? Oh, yeah. Great yeah. movie. We've played clips of that on our show before. <laughs> Doctor. Doctor Falcon. <laughs> and, yeah, Do you so, want to play chess today, Right, it was Doctor all propagandized Falcon. up throughout the entire Cold War and leading up to that movie in the 80s, right? But this is, no, this is like straight post-World War II. North Korean wars going on. The Soviet Union had uh, subjugated most of Eastern Europe. Behind the Iron Curtain. Mm -hmm. And a communist party had taken control of the world's most populous nation. China. China. Mao Zedong. Uh, The war broken out in Korea and Senator Joseph McCarthy's anti-communist crusade, a.k.a. McCarthyism, for those of you who didn't know, was on the rise in America. Everything was a communist. Everybody was a communist. If you weren't for the war in North Korea, where you were just a dirty, bloody communist. And this is really an interesting sort of just something I thought about myself after we did Paperclip was 
the during the McCarthyism and and the it was really I mean it seemed like just a rampant propagandized craze that they got the American population in oh yeah against against communists they hate communists well yeah but who like, didn't but, but fear and paranoia. Right? Just look what they did with COVID. But they literally thought that Nazism was destroyed as there were people working very close with a lot of individuals in Washington, D.C. at the time that were working with Nazis. We've established this. Yeah. So, And like I said, we're going to get into that later and who, probably in the next episode. Who, Nazis and communists are mortal, en- they're mo- in no, the next mortal enemies. That's what they say. So... But we already talked about some of those Nazi scientists did get scooped up by the Soviets and went and stayed over there and worked with them, too. So, yeah. you know, I guess it's every man's judgment. And this is also a time, you got to remember, when the United States had achieved a new dominance in the world, right? World War II, American officials wielded the kind of power diplomats, like, you know, dreamed about. We can level cities. Yeah. Step aside. Gangway. U.S. senator coming through, right? I mean, they did. They had... Everybody was all like, ooh, America, which, yeah, I love my country, love America, but they had, they were walking on sunshine, right? Sure. At that time. Uh, they established new alliances, new rulers, and even new nations to suit their purpose, right? Israel, that, I mean, they, sure. we've talked about stuff before. Was Ukraine one of them? <laughs> sort of. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. I, dude, Iran, like, Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, they dispense weapons, favors, and aid to scores of nations, and consequently, American officials were noticed, respected, and pampered with whatever they went, wherever they went, as never before. And there's a new sense of importance, and their Cold War fears had made a dangerous combination. Their pride, right? Their egos. Can't let these damn commies get the best of us. Yeah. Can't we... These... Pigo, pinko, commies. No way. That's like the boomers, you know, using communists. And now we got... Yeah, and like half, younger of, generation half using, of them are a bunch of commies. <laughs> and now they're using the Nazi. Yeah, that's a slur. That's ridiculous. The boomers are the generation that first came up under this that we're talking about right now. Right. They're like the most heavy, heavily... The first most heavily propagandized generation next to ours well, the, I, the first that's why i said the first most yeah. heavily propagandized generation yeah and no offense to you guys i mean hey i guess what i've had to come to that realization that i was brainwashed too it sucks but yeah once you realize it happened then you can move on and heal from it you but know? generally speaking the baby boomers were somewhat of a an entitled generation yeah because their mommy and daddy won the great war and that's that was the attitude around all of them yeah and that's that sunshine right? you were talking about right so this is uh so these times that the people were at and and i i wanted to add that because we also already established that the nuremberg code was in effect for every u.s agency except for apparently these gentlemen within the cia that didn't believe that the rules applied to them and project bluebird was eventually turned into another uh department and renamed project artichoke which consisted mostly of experiments that had volunteers who knew that they were being going that they were going to be experimented on, but they also knew they would not be harmed or drugged without consent. So it really was like, I guess that was part of a control. And this is before they really started getting like LSD into it, right? All right. So LSD 
we'll get into that next episode on the creation of that, how it came to being a powerful tool used by CIA. We'll just have to wait for the next show for that one. All right. right. So uh, the test results were unsatisfying by the agents running these experiments in, in artichoke. And they, they were like, yeah, that's the, all these guys are doing just getting high and having a good time. This is stupid. So the team started experimenting on foreign soil with, uh, believe it or not, Navy personnel. But at least they were on foreign soil. Yeah, would so have been they a big weren't deal. Americans. So. I mean, it would have been a big they deal. They were just communists we were doing this to. Well, how big of a deal would it have been if they did it in San Diego or Virginia? You know? Oh. Well, they did later on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the Navy actually had a mind control program codenamed Project Chatter. Chatter. And its goal, from my research, was, quote, its goal was of weakening, if not eliminating, free will in others. The Navy program, which started in 1947, was aimed at developing a truth drug that would force people to reveal their innermost secrets. Pretty interesting. So, Alan does. Fast forward to 1953. Like the airport. Mm-hmm. Dallas Airport. Well, he also had a brother. We'll get one. So Alan Dulles, he was he was a former OS, OSS guy, right? Became the director of the CIA on February 26, 1953 to November 29, 1961. And he officially approved Project MK Ultra in 53. The program involved more than 150 human experiments involving psychedelic drugs, paralytics, Electric shock therapy. Electric shock? Oh, yeah. Sounds fun. Therapy. And uh, sometimes the test subjects knew they were being, you know, participating in a study. Like I said, they had their control groups through the universities of volunteers and whatnot. But uh, most of the other times, they had no idea. Even when they started... Tripping on acid, right? But a fun fact: freaking out. So, naming Dulles Airport, uh, you know, Alan Dulles's brother was John Foster Dulles, who served as the U.S. Secretary of State under Eisenhower from uh, January 21, 1953, to April 22, 1959. And get this: he died May 24th, 1959. He literally stayed in that position until like. 20 days before his death or whatever, right? It's a lot of power and influence there. Yeah. And his brother was the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Good contact. So no wonder they thought the Nuremberg Code didn't apply to them. Eisenhower, I believe, through his experiences uh, losing so many men during the Second World War, was more in favor of a clandestine war where there weren't so many... Well, Flag-draped yeah. coffins well, coming home. And the Dulles brothers really convinced them of a lot of, you know, they were the ones that were like, look what they did to this cardinal, man. We got to go. We got to do this, our, own, our own stuff. But they didn't really tell him about Project MK Ultra. They just basically got Ike to be like, All right. yeah, we need to, we need to reestablish the OSS as something else, right? Anyways, we can get into the Dulles brothers in another episode because they're a very interesting pair of fellers there. Many of the tests were conducted at universities. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. Hospitals or prisons in the United States, which DP already had mentioned. And Canada, yep. 
and Canada. Most of these took place between 1953 and 1964, but it's, not, but it's not clear how many people were involved in the tests. The agency destroyed most MKUltra documents when the program was officially, quote unquote. Yeah, it officially halted in 64. The CIA decided to slip acid secretly to Americans at the beach, in city bars, at restaurants. For a whole decade, the CIA conducted completely uncontrolled tests in which they drugged people unwittingly, unknowingly, then followed and watched them without intervening. In some cases, the agency used the drug to perform interrogations. Yeah. So we're going to get in to the objectives of what the CIA was trying to con- come up with and what their, what their main goal was of this MK Ultra projects. But not until next episode. That's right. So if you like this show, stay tuned. Like, follow, subscribe, and share with your friends, please. And for the love of all that's good, tell your mother, tell your mom, father, your father, your cousins. You and know, your cousins' cousins. Cousins' cousins, extended family, family reunion. Yeah. Your grandparents. Yep. Just share with everybody. Really, yeah, your grandparents. They probably... They lived through some of this stuff. They as, might even know. As Ludacris would say, word of mouth. Yeah. But, like I said, we're, we're going to bring you some more crazy. This gets even more crazier and crazier. The Nazi stuff's coming. The Yeah. All right. Stay tuned, guys. Nazi, Nazi, Nazi. I would talk guys out. Out. Out.